0: You're listening to Not the Wifey Type, the podcast, a Cape Free Zone where we share stories and break down strength and struggle narratives to reimagine lives with us at the center. I'm your host, Kayla Charleston. Now let's get into it. I feel like I have some explaining to do. So I missed a week, and this is here's how it happened. So, I posted a rewind. It was my intention to post a rewind. When things get hectic and I, you know, don't have time or whatever to post something new, I'll post a rewind that is an episode that's already aired just so there's something out there. That I don't I don't miss a week. So, I had intended to post the rewind 2 weeks ago and I thought I did, but since it wasn't in the place where new episodes usually show up within the season, I went back and looked and I didn't see it there and I thought, okay, well, I guess it didn't post. So then the next week over, I went to post the rewind again because I figured it didn't post. However, it did post. I just didn't see it. And so when I went to repost it, it didn't post anything because it was already there. And that's how I end up actually missing a week. So here we are this week. The guest is the creator of a platform for normalizing cannabis use for moms, which I think is really cool. Um, I don't have any, I don't have any like wild or funny weed stories because honestly, when I smoke or when I have smoked, I just feel like I don't want to be high anymore. And So, I don't have any, I don't have any great stories. Um, the thing that I really liked about this interview was that it's a black woman who found her niche, found something that she has done all of her adult life and found a way to make it so that she has gained freedom and in terms of working for other people now she is able to work for herself because she found her niche with black moms or moms of color or or moms in general who smoke weed and and normalizing that but uh I will share i guess my first <laughs> my first experiences with weed uh I had a boyfriend in high school actually I hadn't smoked yet but I had a boyfriend who asked me to hold some weed for him I don't know why I don't think he was selling it. I don't know. I don't need, I don't know. But he asked me to hold some weed for him. It was like, it couldn't have been more than a gram. It was a, a little bitty tiny amount. So uh, I did, <laughs> I held it for him. And I put it in a jewelry box and buried it somewhere in my room because I swore that somebody was going to be able to smell it and I was going to get into trouble. I swore the feds were going to kick in my door. At any moment for that little one gram of weed. But in my mind, I was like Beyonce to his hove or Jay-Z or whatever. And we were 03 Bonnie and Clyde. Was I in high school in 03? I think I was. Anyway, I just aged myself. I just dated myself. But I, I thought, you know, I was holding him down or whatever by holding his little gram of weed. And I was really scared to smoke it. I, I refused to smoke it because I hadn't smoked weed before. But I just remember thinking I was so badass <laughs> holding this little gram of weed. And then a couple years later is the first time that I actually did smoke. It was with a coworker after work. And I just remember being paranoid then too. I remember her teaching, teaching me how to like inhale or whatever without coughing. And I remember not liking it then either. And just feeling really paranoid that somebody after we did it, And after I went back home, that somebody was going to be able to smell, smell it on me, and I was going to get in trouble. And I just have never been big on weed or cannabis. And that's not to hold anything against it or say that I have anything against it. I just am much more of a drinker, I think. Not much more, like I just be drinking. But I am more of a drinker than a smoker. And that's fine. Everybody has their preferences, but even if you don't consume cannabis, I hope that this interview is still valuable uh, to you. I One of the things that I took away from it is the importance of unpacking and unlearning the things that we have learned to associate with shame or stigma. And in this case, it is cannabis use or, or smoking weed, but it could be anything that we've been miseducated about or taught to think is shameful or a bad thing. And also finding your lane, being able to find your lane and to be able to flourish in that in such a way that it gives you um, freedom and maybe even empowers or enriches other people's lives in the process of you, you know, doing what it is that is your zone of genius. So that's it. Hope you enjoy So, on this show, I especially like to center Black women who are doing their own thing and living on their own terms. So, I'm excited about today's guest who is really doing that thing. And I have with me Shanitria, who is the creator of Blunt Blowing Mamas. How are you, Shanitria?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are
0: you? Good, good. So I like to start out by asking uh, guests a little bit about their background and how they grew up and kind of how that shaped them into who they are today. So if you want to talk specifically about, first of all, the blunt blowing part, (laughs) before we get to the mama part, um, tell me, tell me a little bit about your background and, um, you know, your upbringing, how you grew up.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I am, uh, I was born in raised, in, well, not born, but I was born and raised in the South. Um, and I was born in Mississippi, and I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, um, where I, you know, went to college at Georgia State University, I got my degree in journalism. Um, and then I went on to Columbia University um, to get my master's degree in journalism. And so, you know, very hell bent on uh, being a journalist, like, <laughs> from the jump, um, and I lived in New York for, I would say, almost six years, um, where I worked as a journalist. And I've worked at companies like um, ABC News and um, Huff Post and Blavity. And I've written for Vice and Pop Sugar and um, the other brands, too, and probably a whole bunch of other places. Um, and so that's like been my life as an editor, um, working in, in media and crafting news. and you know, helping find stories that I feel like people should know about and writing headlines for those stories. And like, that was my job for, uh, for years. (laughs) And um, eventually, I just got kind of like an inkling and had a lot of signs that, you know, I should do my own thing. Um, And that uh, ended up being Blunt Blonde Mama which is um, my uh, platform where I speak about cannabis-consuming moms and trying to normalize it uh, through a podcast and an Instagram page and a blog. And I have events, virtual events and um, merchandise. Um, And yeah, it all just, you know, it was just like, I'm tired of working for other people. (laughs) And it's time for me to do my own thing. Um, I also have two kids and uh, one is six the other one recently turned two. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I live in LA and it's been great. Yeah. Like I, I used to live, like I said, I was living in New York, moved to LA for a job, um, an editor job at a media company. And um, yeah, I've just been out here ever since, I think like four, four, four and a half years now. So it's pretty cool.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm in that struggle now with the not wanting to work for other people and figuring out uh, what that looks like. So I, I definitely understand mm-hmm. that. What um what would you say it was that led you to uh, create the platform that you have created? So kind of normalizing this idea of mom smoking weed are not bad moms. Yeah, um so I mean, I've always smoked weed. I smoked weed since I was like
1: 18 years old and I've been smoking it my, like pretty much my whole life. I'm 32 now. It's like pretty much, I'm all almost half of my life. So like, I'm getting there as I age, I'll be like, Oh, it's my whole life. Um, but you know, from adulthood on, you know, I've been consuming cannabis and, um, it, I never saw it as a bad thing. I never, but I've noticed that in society, people, framed it differently depending on you know where you were it was, wasn't was something you wanted to let people know especially being black especially being a woman um and eventually being a mother um but you know the, all those things kind of make it like well you really shouldn't be smoking weed and nobody ever said that like weed was flat out bad for you and you would die and it would give you you know uh this disease and nobody ever said that so i was just like okay so what's so wrong with it because i feel fine when i smoke it um so i continued you know consuming um, for, you know, most of my life. And then once I became pregnant, I stopped and I was like, I don't, you know, cause I guess like, I just figure you have to like, not, you don't drink alcohol when you're pregnant. You don't have to consume weed. You shouldn't be smoking weed either. Um, and I would say around like, uh, maybe like 2015, 2016, um, you know, being a journalist, I, I noticed all the trends and all the news that comes out. And I started seeing a lot of reporting on these weed moms, on these cannabis moms. Um, I had my daughter in 2015. Um, so it was very interesting to me because I'm like, okay, well, I'm a mom and I'm smoking weed and, you know, I'm looking and all the women that are getting like all this mainstream coverage, so to speak, in these big outlets, like the ABCs and the NBCs, and they're all picking up the story. I think the, the story came from the Today Show. Um, they did like a little feature on their actual um, broadcast program, and then they wrote an article too. Um, and it was about these women who smoke weed and they were white and I was like, okay. And they were just talking about it. Like, so casually, like, yeah, we're the new, like, instead of being like wine moms, we're weed moms. And I'm like, this is like such a glossy picture of what this life looked like. And I couldn't relate to these women. These women were middle aged. Um, they were white, you know, and it just seemed like some little hobby thing for me for them. But for me, it was like, this has been my, part of my life and the people that I know, like they don't smoke weed like that. It doesn't look like that. Um, and so I was just like, okay, like that's, the, I kind of tucked that away, like, hmm. and then eventually I got laid off at one of my jobs and I was thinking about like, what should I do next? Obviously looking for other jobs, but I had this idea, like I should just start my own new site or I should start my own parenting website, um, because I had the skills as a journalist to like put that together. But then I was just like, oh, but you know what? I also um, like, I can, I've done this for other people's companies. Like I can do this on my own. Um, and then that kind of evolved to, well, you need to find your niche because like, you know, I'm a journalist, so I know like you have to niche down if you really want to reach a target audience and be effective. So I was like, well, what's your niche? And I was like, okay, well, it could just be black parents. So like, that's cool. And I was like, well, who who are your competitors? There's tons of like, you know, websites out there that cater to um, black parents. So I was like, I think I need to niche it down even more. And then I was just like, oh, like, what if I'm talking about weed? And then I was just like, oh my gosh, what if it's like a website dedicated to mom who smoke weed because I don't see us anywhere. And I started looking for like black women, influencers, brands, anything that was talking about this and nobody was talking about it. And I was like, and and maybe there was like a couple people, but they didn't have as big of a following or you know, getting enough attention where they're on, you know, mainstream news, like these white women. So i was just like, okay, like this is interesting. So then I decided to create um one, one mom. I was like smoking weed one day with my man. And I was thinking like, what am I going to call this? Like, what's, what, what what's the name? And like, I love Lil Wayne. He has a song called Blunt Blowing. And and my kids, my kids call me mama. Um, I only had one child at the time, my daughter, she called me mama. And so I was like, oh, he was like, Blunt Blowing Mama. I was like, boom. Okay, let me go take that everywhere. BluntBlowingMama.com, Blunt Blowing Mama on Twitter, on Instagram, (laughs) on Facebook, like, just immediately hopped on it because it just flowed. It felt right. Funny enough, I actually don't smoke blunts. um, But You know, it's a great name. Right, right. So that's
0: where it came from. Gotcha. So um, you talked about motherhood. You talked about seeing like white moms who smoke weed. And it's interesting because I think because they were white, it probably wasn't as much stigma as it can be for like a black mom who smokes weed because of the mm-hmm. the ideas and stigma that we have and stereotypes we have about black motherhood in general. So I want to talk about that piece a little bit more is like the stereotypes and stigma that comes with being a black mom in general. So um can you tell me about do you remember like before you had kids like what ideas you had about motherhood or or being a black mom or black motherhood or anything like that because I can think of a few but I'd I'd rather to hear your opinion on that so what what were some of the social norms that you saw around black motherhood or some of the stereotypes that you saw uh black women portrayed as when they were mothers
1: You know, what's actually really funny is I never really thought about moms that much until I became one. Like I just didn't, I wouldn't say I didn't care, but it just didn't feel uh, relevant to my life. So I just didn't feel a need to really put too much thought into it because I I just knew like I was going to be a mom one day, but I wasn't the woman who was just like, oh, my only goal in life is to have children. And, you know, like that's, I guess that's a stereotype, you know, that woman who's like, all I want to do is have children and be married and be somebody's little woman and you know, raise a happy home and be a homemaker. And I was just like, you know, I don't really relate to that Um, because like my first love has always been journalism, you know, up until I had my kids. And so like, I've just always been focused on that. And I was like, if it happens, cool, like we're gonna make this happen. Boom, 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 have these kids. Um, But if it doesn't happen, then I have to find other ways Then you know, cool. But I never, I mean, I guess I I never really thought about it. You know, to be fair, I, I never really thought about it too much because it just didn't feel like something that, Like, I feel like, you know, you have like films and stuff that show different types of black moms or whatever. But for me, the only examples I knew was my mom, you know, and my aunts and the women immediately around me, because I am black. I didn't really need to look to, you know, representation or anything like that, because I already knew like what a black mom was and did with my grandmother and everything like that. So those are the women that I looked up to and who I feel like, you know, had their pitfalls, but. They're, they're great, really glowing points of motherhood and showing how, how, you know, how complicated it can be, but also how, you know, rewarding it can be and how those, like, those women are just like the strongest women I know and they're moms. And so it's just like, okay, well, you know, I can definitely, my, my mom would always talk about how she gave birth to me naturally and my daughter, she, her, her my, my sister, her second child, she had a C-section. And she was like, yeah, I was, I had you natural, I didn't take any pain pills, no epidural. And, you know, always talking about that and like really proud. And I was just like, you know, like, I can't wait till I can say that to my kid and, you know, or say something, you know. Um, so I just, I never really saw anything negative about motherhood. I feel like now I think, you know, I, I, I'm more aware and I notice like things that people say about Black you know, parenthood period, black fathers, black mothers. But I think that a lot of people are really working to change the narratives on, you know, black women don't breastfeed, black women have, you know, you have all these like numbers and statistics about, you know, higher mortality rates and things like that among black women. And it's, you know, it's really sad that that's scaring women from wanting to have kids because that's really just not the case. You know, it's about finding the health practitioner always that is most understanding and sympathetic to you and your lifestyle. Um, so I just, you know, I don't really, I hope that people aren't buying into a lot of that stuff, but I do see that there are so many people that are showing that like, you know, I think there's a lot of millennials who are becoming parents now or who have been parents for a few years are definitely showing a different side of parenthood, especially with a lot of these celebrities becoming parents who are millennials. Like it's definitely showing that like, it's not, there is no one fits, uh, one, like one size fits all method mm-hmm. of being a mom, specifically a black mom, like Jada Pinkett, the way she parents her kids is probably not the way Ashley around the way is parenting her kids, but it's a different way to seeing that. Like there's, there's different, you know, there's different ways of parenting your child and that with black people, we're no exception from other folks. Like we don't all do the same thing. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Not, not a monolith. Right. So absolutely. Uh, yeah so um what did you do i want to ask do you get pushback about any of um your content like in terms of normalizing moms who smoke weed are not bad moms do you get any pushback from that pushback from who anybody like are there other are, are there challenges that come with normalizing this because because i I don't see an issue with it, but I can see how other people out there who have an idea about what a mother should be and how she should behave herself, um, how they might look at it and, and think that this is not appropriate. So, it maybe this means if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe this means you don't receive any pushback or no. No, no I really, <laughs> I really
1: don't. No, I, I yeah, I was, I was kind of confused. I was like, I really don't. Like, I think that I can count on like one hand, and I've had like the Instagram page for. Um, since December 2017. And I've had the podcast for it'll be um, two years in May. And I think like on the Instagram page is probably where I'm more likely to find something. But I think I've had like a handful of instances of just like, you know, kind of derogatory things being posted in comments or something, but nobody has ever sent me, well, maybe I think like maybe one or two, like DMs. But aside from that, like, no if if anything it's overwhelmingly positive and a lot of women sending me so many DMs I can't even respond saying thank you for doing what you do saying you know thank you for showing up for moms thank you for doing this for black women thank you for doing this for a woman who as a woman who doesn't have kids but wants to have kids one day like Thank you as a woman who's in a relationship and showing like that you can do this or a working woman or like all these things. Like I get like that all the time, but I don't, I guess people assume that you would, and maybe that's somebody else's experience, but in my mm-hmm. case, I have not. And um, that's really kind of pushed me to keep going because there hasn't been um a lot of, you know, like negativity um around, you know, Blunt blowing Mama and like what I'm doing with it.
0: That's great. Because I'm just thinking about like how what people say about um, mothers who are too openly sexual or too, or wear clothes that are too revealing or whatever, and and how they should be setting an example for their kids. So it's really great that you haven't received any of if that kind of like pushback or backlash. That's great. So once you created um, your platform, did it kind of open up Did it make you feel more free or was there something liberating about it? Because I'm thinking of I have a friend who is a new mom and she stopped smoking weed because, you know, she was pregnant and she wasn't sure how it was going to affect the baby. Um, And she recently started smoking again. And she said it felt like getting uh, a piece of herself back. Um, so I was wondering, like, did you feel some kind of sense of liberation or some kind of freedom from uh, being able to start this platform and be open about it?
1: Um, I think there's liberation in employing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with, with creating Blunt One Mama, I'm able to work full time in this business. And like this is my only job. and And, th- and in that way, I can answer your question. Yes. Um, But like I said, I've been smoking weed like most of my life and I like it was something I was doing privately, whether I was on camera or not, whether I told anybody or not, like that was just part of me. Um, I think what did feel most freeing is that by existing and creating this platform, I was able to help other women feel seen and that really allowed them to feel free. And, you know, whatever they want to interpret about what I'm doing, fine. Um, But, you know, they Mm -hmm. are, you know, able to see themselves. And representation um, truly is everything and really does matter because you just don't realize that the world is so much bigger, but we all are in our own little bubbles. And if you don't really get to go outside of your bubble, especially nowadays in this pandemic, then you're just going to feel like everybody is probably like the people in your neighborhood, in your town, in your school, or at your job, or whatever, Um, And that's obviously just not the case. Like there's thousands of people that are probably just like you that you haven't even met yet. Um, But the Internet is so great because it allows you to connect with these people and create a sense of community, a virtual community um, that you may not have at home. Um, And I think that that is freeing for a lot of people. And that is why Blunt Blowing Mama exists, because, you know, those people you might not be able to move out of your town. You might not be able to move out of your neighborhood, but you know, if you have that comfort of knowing that when I hop online or I listen to this podcast, I'm going to be with my people, then that, you know, is enough. I think for some people to feel free and enough for them to know that, like, you know, I do have a tribe out there. They may not be immediately next to me, but like there are people out there um, that relate to my life and my lifestyle and the way I look and the way I dress and the way I behave, you know, So um, I think that that is really, you know, key. But for me, like, I think, like, the freedom came, like I said, when I was able to employ myself (laughs) full-time through what I'm doing. That was my freedom. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) So um, are there any specific things that you like to debunk uh, with your platform in terms of uh, being a mom who smokes weed?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, just being a mom who smokes weed, that's, like, the first thing that has to be, you know, Um, normalized and talked about the most because that's the most stigmatized part like no matter what race a woman is I've learned that they're all really experiencing the same kind of discrimination or you know shame or um, you know you know people just really being nasty to them or saying rude shit or you know like and they're all going through that in some way form or another either within their family and or they have to be quiet because of their jobs or their husband's job or wife's job you know what have you. And so it's, you know, um, I feel like it's always debunking that, but it's also saying like, you can consume cannabis while you're pregnant. You can consume cannabis while you're breastfeeding. Like those are like constant things. This is what CBD is. This is what THC is. This is the difference between them. And like kind of all those things or, um, you know, uh, something else that people want to know about a lot is just, I mean, there's like, there's so many things because people just aren't educated on cannabis at all. So it's a lot of like, um, giving information over and over again, because, um, you know, people, I mean, a lot of the stuff you can't Google online, but, um, you know, people are just like on, un- they're un- unlearning a lot of stuff and taking in a lot more information. Um, so, you know, I do, you know, I, I find myself a- answering those questions. Should you, you know, breastfeed and consume cannabis or should you? while you're pregnant and obviously it's like I'm not a doctor. I'm only speaking from my own experience and that I've heard from other women and mothers um and sharing that information as well. And you know, you have to make your own decision. Um and but sometimes people just want to hear that reassurance that like that doesn't make them a bad parent that your baby won't I don't know get high and die or something like I don't know. But you know it's definitely it's again that community feel uh, that people are seeking that community. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm answering those questions every day.
0: <laughs> so On the you podcast, t- I have like a
1: billion episodes about those
0: topics. <laughs> gotcha. So you talked about unlearning and so you said you smoked your whole adult life. Was there a process of unlearning for you or, but you also said that you never saw it as a bad thing. So did you have to do unlearn, a process of unlearning or were you always just like, this is, this is what it is. And it's not bad. And once I have kids, it's also not bad. Right. I mean, so I grew up on,
1: uh, where are you located? Are you on the East Coast? Yeah. Yes. It's dark where you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So growing up on the East Coast, um, you definitely have a different view on weed than uh, someone who grows up in California. I've just spoken to so many Californians and it's just so interesting to me that weed was just always part of life for them, whether they consumed or not because of the status of it here. Um, so it's just really a part of the culture. If you come here in present day, like it's so casual. Um, and that's just not like a lot of States on the Eastern side of America. It's just not, it's nowhere near, I don't know near that. It's very like, it almost seems like archaic times. It's like, was this what California was like like a hundred years ago or something? Like, I don't know. It feels very like, and it, it does like, I'm going to answer that, but it just makes me sad at the disparity of information and of access to this resource, which it really is. This plant is a thousand percent a medicine and a resource. And if people don't know what it can do, when people don't know that it's a, You know, it's a, it's something you can take instead of aspirin for a headache, That it's something that you can rub on a, uh, on a pimple and it'll go down. It's something that, okay, you you just educated me. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that it can do a lot. And the fact that like, people don't know this one, they don't know it. And then two, they have no way to get it is really kind of like very peak America where it's like. You can have it if you have this amount of money and if you live in this location, but you can't if you live over here, you know, and so it's just like dang, like that's really messed up. So um I think that like it's always been a normal part of my life, but growing up where I grew up, I was always felt a need to hide it from people, from my family, from my employers, from my coworkers, unless I got to know you. Um, but you know, it was definitely something that I kept within my own circle. Um, because there was that, you know, there still is a stigma in a lot of parts of this country where you really can't let people know because they just, even if they don't do it, they just don't understand it enough to want to um, really, they can't comprehend, like, why you would be doing this, like, you know, like, why aren't you just taking this shot, and it's just like, I don't want to drink, I'm smoking, like, I'm fine, like, I don't need to get, I don't need to get it, drunk out of my mind to have a good time. Like I can smoke this joint, sit over here, chill, not have a hangover the next day and have the best night ever. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's definitely, you know, you have to change your thinking and coming and moving to California and actually seeing that way of life in action and meeting these different types of people and talking to them. Um, it changed my mind. I don't think I would have created Blunt Blowing Mama if I had not moved to California and just saw and for myself, like, more than just, like, the things that you see about LA on TV, but really seeing that cannabis is an industry and it's a place mm-hmm. for jobs and wealth, potentially. Um, and then I was just like, okay, cool. Like, now that I know <laughs> you got the wrong one, I'm about to come up in here. Um, and that's, like, really that was like the beginning of me just unlearning a lot of things about like, wait, we can't be bad and starting Blunt boy and Mama and talking to more women and hearing their stories and be like, oh, it really can't be bad. These women have grown kids who have kids and everybody's fine. And, you know, grandmas who smoke weed with their daughters and like moms who smoke weed with their kids, who, who are their adult kids and like those kinds of things. And it's just like, man, like, but nobody's really talking about it because there's this real fear of, you know, punishment, you know, for whatever reason here, it definitely helped me to um, do some unlearning myself. And it took a while. It took like a couple years for me to really soak in. And when I figured it out, I was mad. I was mad as hell because it's like, wow, like we like, have really been lied to, like, mm-hmm. specifically Black people. And, like, this is something that our community really needs the most and we've been punished for the most over years, you know. Black and white people smoke weed at the same rates, but Black people are almost four times more likely to get arrested and go to jail mm-hmm. for weed. So what's up with that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you start to really look at into this, it will upset you. And the more that you unlearn and learn... it will make you like wow we've been conned
0: (laughs) yeah and you are so right about growing up on the east east coast and it not being a normal thing or being there being a lot more stigma around it I remember when I went to Amsterdam and I checked into the hotel or or hostel or whatever it was and the uh, person at the desk asked me if I wanted some some weed and (laughs) I was like, I can't answer that. Like, that's not legal. I forgot you that to get arrested. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so you are so right because I've grown up on the East Coast my whole life, or the South of the East Coast. um So yeah, it's true. It, in even when I was in a different environment where I knew it was legal uh or allowed, I still was like in that mindset that oh, this is not, this is not. A, you can't ask me that. So you're really right. You're, you are right about that. What do you think is next for Blunt and Mama?
1: Yeah, so what's next? I am currently planning a couple of virtual events for, um, I have one that's coming out. When is it happening? It's happening Saturday, um, April 3rd. Hold on, let me check. <laughs> is April 3rd on the Saturday? Yes, it is. Um, it's Saturday, April 3rd. I'm having a virtual event and um, it's about breastfeeding and cannabis And so um, I, myself and a couple of really amazing speakers will be talking about all things breastfeeding and cannabis and answering any questions that people may have. I'm going to have a doctor on the panel, like an actual medical doctor to answer questions as well. I'll be sharing my experiences. I'm encouraging other women to come and share their experiences because sometimes even more than anything else, you just want to hear other women who have no stake in this, just say like, I did it and it's fine, girl. And so like, I want to host that really safe space for women. And, um, I am posting details about that on Blunt Boy Mama's Instagram page. So, um, definitely come to that if that's your thing. And you want to mingle and meet other moms who, um, breastfed and their kids are cool. (laughs) And, um, submit your questions. If you have any questions, we'll answer them. Um, But then aside from that, I just have my merchandise, um, my BBM clothing line where I basically sell shirts that have really cool phrases on it like moms who smoke weed are not bad moms or first I smoke weed, then I do things and then I have another shirt that says say it with me uh, fuck stress, get weed. Um, and people love them. <laughs> and you can also, if you just want to hear more of the podcast, Blunt Blowing mama podcast is on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google podcasts, or you can just go to BluntBlowingMama.com, Um, and you'll be able to listen to the podcast. You'll be able to shop my online store. There's tabs for all that on the website. Um, if you want to reach me, then you can reach me at um mama at gmail.com. And I'm, you know, always answering questions. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at blunt blowing mama. And it's blowing like B-L-O-W-I-N. No, no G. <laughs> the blunt blowing mama. Yeah, no corny, no corny ass G. <laughs> um, it's blowing. Like, it's got swag. Um, Yeah, so Blood Blowing Mama on all the platforms. You can follow me and find me there. Um, And, yeah, that's that's it. That's all that's happening and so much more. But um, definitely, you know, follow me on the socials for all of that. Info that's always there. I'm always posting. And there's always a new podcast episode every Thursday. So <laughs>
0: there's always that. <laughs> so I have to say I love that you found a niche and you're out here prospering in it and it's working out for you. Like I really love that. <laughs> Thank,
1: you. Thank you. I wish that for every black woman entrepreneur. I really do. <laughs> Absolutely. Me
0: too. Yes. So I have yes. one last question that I ask all the guests. Um, what's one book or resource that has been formative for you in some way and, and how so?
1: Yeah. So, um, there's recently, last year I read this book that really, um, it really opened my eyes. Um, it was, uh, actually a book of Malcolm X's speeches. Um, and it's called by any means necessary. Um, and it just has like a lot of his speeches from his last few years of life before he was assassinated. Um, and has some really amazing photos in there as well. And, um, this is like, I read it before, like all this stuff started coming out about Malcolm X, like these films and all this new stuff. And um, I was just like, well, wow, this man was really misunderstood, um, but he really pushed on. And, and he was so young. He was only in like his 30s doing all this stuff in his 20s. And it's just like, what am I doing? Like, it really pushed me to just really go harder for black people and black women because Malcolm was so passionate about protecting black women and so I just, I just go harder. I'm like, I have to do this more because, you know, here was this man living in this time that was just like, so anti-Black, even now it's still pretty anti-Black, but, you know, even more so back then. And he was so loud about his message and that really resonated with me. Like, I can be louder. Like, there's nothing, like, what's going to happen? Like, what's the, I I know what could happen. But like when you're really doing things for the right reason and driven in purpose, like I just feel like nothing will ever, ever really stop you, except mm-hmm. death. And you know, Knock on wood, a bitch ain't dying no time soon. <laughs> so yeah, that's been a really, it's, it's a really great book. If you want to get to know Malcolm X more and you just want to read his speeches, um, it's 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 a reputable source because the publisher who printed that book and there are other books on his speeches as well, um, it was his wife. Uh, she started this uh, publishing company and decided to print all his speeches and books after he died. Um, and so that you would actually be directly supporting and directly getting it from the source. And you know, these are real speeches, just throwing that out there.
0: <laughs> I've read a couple of his speeches and he'd he be calling folks out.
1: <laughs> he really didn't play no games. He really, like didn't bite his tongue. He kept it a hundred people were shook and scared of him. Um, And he was just this light skinned man who was tall as hell, kind of fine and was talking (laughs) his shit. Like, and I was, I was, I'm with it. Like, it's very inspiring when you read his speeches, you can't help but feel fired up and just feel proud to be black, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show, Shanitria. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Thank you for listening to Not The Wifey Type, the podcast. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes drop and rate and review so others will know how much you love the show too. If you want to keep up with me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at NotTheWifeyType. Until next time, I'm reminding you to belong to yourself.